This NASCAR season, every member of the Toyota Racing Team is doing their part to take the trophy home. Like 6th grader Melissa Kowalski, who changes true to true X on every true-false quiz she takes. All my teachers are Martin Truex Jr. fans now. Keep up the great work, Melissa. To accomplish greater things this year, everyone plays a part. Be part of the action at toyota.com slash racing. Toyota, let's go places. NASCAR is a registered trademark of National Association for Stock Car Auto Racing, Inc. NASCAR season is here, and everyone on the Toyota racing team is doing their part to perform at the highest level. From driver Ty Gibbs to amateur musician Russell Viper, who's working on the perfect pre-race pump-up track for the team. Start those cameras up! Yeah! To accomplish greater things this year, everyone plays a part. Be part of the action at toyota.com slash racing. Toyota, let's go places. NASCAR is a registered trademark of National Association for Stock Car Auto Racing, Inc. American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. Shane, talk a little bit about um, you know where you grew up, your early childhood. Yeah, so uh, I grew up around the Tulsa area. Um, was born in Tulsa. Uh, grew up in a little town by the name of Bixby, uh, which is just south of Tulsa, a little suburb. Um, Nowadays, you can't really tell the two apart, you know, where one starts and where yeah. one begins. Um, but it was a farming community. Um, we lived out in the country, um, uh, you know, a place big enough to have a little race shop. And, um, yeah, my, my, my dad and mom have owned a, a speed shop in Tulsa for over 40 years. Uh, so uh, the racing blood, the racing gene has been in my family uh, since I was born. My dad raced stock cars around Tulsa Speedway and ran super modifieds and street stocks and and uh, that's how I got started uh, was uh, he actually got burnt really bad uh, at Tulsa Speedway and um, I was about seven or eight at the time and started obviously giving a little bit of interest to maybe try to start racing myself so my dad thought that that was a good sign to maybe call it quits and uh, concentrate on on me and then five or six years later concentrate on my brother as well so but yeah that was uh, humbling beginnings um you know we didn't have a lot of money to go race but but what we did was we went with a lot of spirit and a lot of love and they had a community uh region six quarter midget uh series that we followed uh there was a great group of people uh, a lot of great families that went up and down the road we went to missouri and uh texas uh kansas so there's about a five or six state region that, that we all traveled around every summer and raced quarter midgets and one thing kind of led to another and went from a quarter midget to to a micro and then eventually into a sprint car. Is that where you first drove a quarter midget? Yeah, so um, we bought a uh, pink, uh, it was a pink or a purple uh, rice uh, quarter midget rice. that was in, in the corner of my buddy's <laughs> uh, dad's shop. And I guess uh, the story goes that I begged my dad to, to get it. So he got it, and uh, there was a big vacant parking lot out beside my dad's shop. Um, and we went out there, and he set some cones up, and we started making laps. And at the time, I, I, I don't really know how the quarter midget deal works now, but you had to go through uh, novice training. Yeah. And there was uh, probably 10, 10 of us kids that all went through it at the same time and ended up racing for several years together and still call a lot of them uh, good friends to this day. But, um, yeah. That's how I got started. I bought a little old nasty purple. I think it was purple. Uh, number 23, I think. 
Do you uh, remember the first time you drove it? Yeah, w w that was in that parking lot. And my dad, I do remember it. Um, there were some old beat up cars uh, sitting in the corner of the parking lot. And and uh, my dad kept letting the governor off a little bit more and a little bit more. And he ended up turning the cart over because I was going to run into the back of one of these parked cars. <laughs> so we ended up like somehow grabbing hold of the roll cages as I went by and like flipped the darn thing over so I didn't hit the back of the old station wagon. Wow, but, first day out. Yeah. Yeah. Impressive. <laughs> so how did the quarter midget years go? Were you competitive? From yeah, we were. Um, I did never win a grands. Uh, we were close to winning a couple grands and um, just didn't work out. Uh, we went to Huntsville, Alabama. Um, we went to Golden, Colorado a couple times for some grands. And we, we were competitive. I mean, yeah. we all just all had a good time. Um, you know, it was we the group that we followed with uh, would always kind of go to the same grand. So we'd all pit together, and uh, the Pittmans were were one of the families that traveled up and down the road with us. And uh, but no, I mean we were competitive in our region. Uh, when we went to the bigger races, they were they were a little tougher. Yeah, I dealt with the same thing. Yeah. So when did you move up to micros? Oh gosh, I think I would have been ten. Um, uh, there was a there still is a company in in Tulsa uh, Factor One. Uh, it was it was ran by Pete Frazier, um, and at the time Pete was really wanting to uh, expand his car. Uh, and at the time uh, they didn't have a down tube micro, so they built a couple of them, and I got in one of the first ones that they built, and um, was pretty quick in a micro. We I never won a shootout, but we were close to winning a couple of them. But the micro scene uh, around Oklahoma has always been really, mm. really strong with Sawyer Manufacturing there and Factor One, and they're two of the biggest companies that, that build micros in the country. Kind of having those two companies in our backyard, the, you know, we would go to Creek County, uh, and it would be nothing to have, you know, 50 or 60 cars every weekend. Wow. So it was, it was big. It was a lot of fun. Wow. So was there a point that you hit that you were like, this is what I want to do? Or were you thinking... You know, career, college, whatever. Did you have that moment? No, I yeah, <clears throat> and it was it was like later stages of micro. Um, you know, I kind of felt like I had a little bit of a talent for it, um, and we we were uh, really good friends with the Hillenbergs, and that's kind of how I got started in sprint car racing. Andy took a couple years off to run his uh, family's uh, oil business. And uh, his sprint car stuff was just sitting there, and, and him and my dad got together and said, hey, you know, why don't we try to put together one of these cars and let Shane go make some laps and see if there's any interest there. And funny story, but the first day we, we fire the car up, um, you know, I've gone from a, a 250 micro engine to... That's pretty at big the time, Yeah, at the time was a Gertie <laughs> 410, which was, at, you know, was one of the best engines that you could buy, right? So we fire the car up, and I can't... It turns to the left, but won't turn to the right. So I do this twice, and I about crash. And uh, Andy's like, what is wrong with you, man? Like, can you, you're not strong enough to turn it? And I'm thinking, crap, Something's wrong. I'm, yeah. not, I'm not strong enough to turn it. So he had the power steering lines crossed. Oh. And at that time was something you could do pretty easily. So I'm like, Whew. like, oh, my gosh. Like, <laughs> okay, all right, let's start over. All right, let's I might be able to do here. this. So anyway, we... Uh, we got it all fired up and made some laps in his field and went out to Tulsa Speedway. Actually, I went to Creek County. I had uh, Andy there. Kenny Woodruff was there. Wow, not uh, a bad My crew. dad. Yeah, so they were pretty, they were pretty hard on me. 
but they both felt like I did a good enough job to um, to start letting me race at Tulsa Speedway, and that was '92. So you went from a 250cc micro sprint to a 410. Yeah. No, nothing in between. Nothing in between. No. So no. what was it like the first time you stepped on the throttle in the 410? Uh, very scary. <laughs> <laughs> I, I remember it like it was yesterday. It was. It took my breath away. Your head snapped yeah, back. Oh, yeah, my head snapped back, and the seats back then weren't the best. Yeah, um, yeah I'm, I'm sure I looked like a wet noodle uh, <laughs> in that car, but I had a, a four-inch spacer underneath my seat and like a six-inch spacer <laughs> behind my seat so I could fit in the thing, but I do remember it. It was quite the experience, uh, something that I'll never forget, but... It's uh, definitely got my attention. I can only imagine. So how long did it take for you to feel somewhat comfortable? Uh, several years. <laughs> yeah. uh, I wasn't Kyle Larson. I didn't pick up on it straight away. Um, I went through a lot of top wings. Um, I was fortunate that my family owned a, a speed shop so we could get parts at a discount because there was a lot of times we would sit around the dinner table and, and it was quiet. And my dad would say, okay, listen, uh, if you crash one more time, we're done. Like, you can't keep crashing. So I went through that stage, and uh, I felt, honestly, the turning point in my career, uh, I ran for Junior Holbrook um, in uh, 2000, the first year of the Gum Out yeah. Series, and struggled a little bit. But the Gum Out Series at that time, and I hadn't traveled much, but the Gum Out Series was tough. Like, it had Craig Delansky and, yeah. and Jeff Shepard and Paul Walker. McMahon and Tyler Walker and... There was a handful of uh, Jason Myers. There was a hand- right? Yeah, there was a handful of guys there that end up, you know, having very successful careers uh, that, that ran that series that year. So we struggled a little bit. And then um, the next uh, year, Junior wasn't really sure what he was going to do, and I didn't have a job. So I went on the road with Andy Hillenberg, uh, and I was with him and Diesel until about June. And at that time, uh, Junior Holbrook had gone through two or three different drivers and nothing was really working. And I don't know what it was. It was something about, I learned a lot working for Andy and Diesel, but I realized that, you know, if I ever did get another opportunity to go drive a sprint car, that I'm going to try to make the best of it because I did not want to be a mechanic. (laughs) (laughs) Way too much work. (laughs) The late night car washing was for the birds, I can tell you. So anyway, Junior called. And I uh, got in his car, and um, the rest is history. Like, I, it just, something clicked to me, and uh, I didn't, I, I just kind of was over my crashing stages, and, um, and his cars were really fast, and they always ran really well, and, and we were able to uh, win my first couple outlaw races, and we ran really well the second year, third year in the Gum Out Series, and it was, uh, it was good. Now, going back a, a step, you talked about, going through a lot of top wings. How did you get that ride in the Holbrook car to run the Gum Out Series? Um, my buddy Jason Hagman um, was a, uh, a pretty vital person that kind of just kept feeding my name to Junior. And I hadn't really traveled much at that time. See, like it must I, have been fast. Oh, must I, have been no, I was spectacular. <laughs> like I, I, they knew I was there. <laughs> when I wrecked, I wrecked big. But I was fast, so... <laughs> I obviously opened up a couple people's eyes, but um, the so my first race with Junior, they had a track that they built at the um, Topeka Dragway, yeah, which was really crazy track. It was really tight corners, and I had a couple top ten finishes, and um, I just stayed in contact with Junior, and I'm like, hey man, like I'm still out here. Don't forget about me. And but uh, my buddy Jason was. 
was the guy that kept you know pumping my name up and and telling Junior, hey, you know, let's keep keep your eye out on this guy, and and I think he might might be able to do some good. So, so when you got back in his car after you want did decide you didn't want to be a crew guy, um, what was it that clicked? Was it the experience of being on the road? Was it watching what Andy did? What was it that maybe? I think it was everything. <clears throat> I think um, I you know I learned. You know, I I had traveled a little bit, but it was uh, working with a well-oiled uh, machine. You know, Andy and Diesel had been together at that time for several years. And when you're on the Outlaw Tour for as long as Andy was, they master it, right? Like, they know time management really well. They keep things organized and clean. And that was just the little things that, that I picked up on. But I also learned to, to work on the cars a little bit more and learned how to set them up and... Um, I clicked really well with, with the crew guy that was working on Junior's car, Craig Stevens. Me and him meshed, and we just, I honestly, I don't really know exactly what it was, but uh, I just knew that I didn't want to be a mechanic. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to be a driver. <laughs> That's so, awesome. But anyway, yeah, it, uh, we had a lot of success in that car. That yeah. car was really fast for the, the time I was in it. So from there, I mean, you've been on and off the Outlaw Tour, but ASCS, you've raced, um, you know, sprint cars for years now. But talk a little bit about just the progression of it and, and sometimes the difficulty of racing and not having a rider. You know, you've been through all of it. Yeah, I've been through all of it and some. Um, you know, obviously my, I don't think, things happen for a reason. Um, but I don't think my path has gone the way I wanted it to go. Uh, obviously... When I was out on the road with Junior, um, I thought, you know, four or five years into it, like I would be on that law tour. And then it kind of seems like the guys that were traveling on that law tour, if something did happen, they would, where they were able to step into another outlaw car. Yeah. But that didn't happen. Um, there was never really good seats available if something, you know, the timing of it was just off for me. So, yeah, so I may do. I, I raced for buddies and I raced, um, with ASCS and uh, 07, I was really fortunate to meet Paul Silva, and uh, we got in the Doyle's Harley Davidson car, and and uh, had some success in that car, and and then that parlayed into him starting his own deal with the 57, and now we got some crazy Asian kid out here whooping our butts <laughs> in the 57, but providing you some nice race cars. <laughs> yeah, so, but um. Yeah, and um, I've been able to drive for some really good car owners, Kevin Rudine. Um, uh, but you know, to answer your question, it's uh, it's been a lot of times where I've questioned, you know, do I really want to keep doing this? Yeah. Is another door going to open? And if not, you know, what what is Plan B? What what am I going to do? But this is all I know, and this is all I've ever wanted to do. So. I always felt like if I worked hard, no matter what the situation I was in, um, I felt like another door would, would open up, and, and it did. During those times, how difficult is it to keep your confidence up and, and know that if you keep working hard, another door is going to open? Like, you know, you go through rough patches. Is it there, you mentioned you question yourself, but how do you keep pushing forward? Just dig deep. Um, you know, you just can't lose the faith. Honestly, I've, I've always felt like I've, I can do a good job in a sprint car. I think... Um, you know, I'm not uh, a driver that can take a 25th place car every night and make it a 10th, but I feel like I've always been pretty competitive in whatever ride I've been in, and that's just trying to make the best of every situation. And um, 
you know, there was plenty of times that I was, I thought that I was done. Uh, there's a couple times I thought, well, you know, this is it. Like nothing's, I didn't, you know, I would race for uh, some buddies and, and do well. And then I would think something was going to open up and it wouldn't. And then it'd be like, oh man, you know, like, I don't really want to go do that again. Like <laughs> I've, I want to try to progress and, and get, you know, I, I ran that while tour with Kevin Rudine and mm-hmm. I worked really hard to try to get back to that, but it took me a really long time to, to make it all happen. But Were there ever seasons or periods of times that you weren't racing, that you didn't have a ride? Nope. No, since really? uh, the year 2000 until today, I've had a ride every year. That's awesome. Yeah. What would you consider? I mean, you've won some great races. What would be your biggest accomplishment? Uh, Kings Royal. Um, but I don't know if it's my biggest accomplishment. I mean, obviously, it's the biggest race I've won, but... Uh, you know, racing with Paul, we won a lot of really cool races, and we did it on such a low budget. Mm-hmm. I think that those are probably some of my best wins. Yeah. Um, the King's Royal win, some things really worked out well for me. You know, we I don't know if I would have won the race if Donnie wouldn't have ran out of gas, but I felt like we, we started 14th. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we obviously had a very good car that night, and um, but... You know, some things worked out well for us to, to win that race. And uh, obviously, it's a, a race that um, I put very high on my yeah. on my, my win factor. But just racing with Paul, like, the, just the way we had to do it, you know, and not having much money and having the small truck and trailer. And there was just a lot of passion there and a lot of hard work that went into all those victories that we had and the championships that we had with ASCS. And um, I would say racing with Paul probably in my career probably means more to me than anything. Now, you mentioned the, the crazy Asian that you drive for now. Um, did, did he steal Paul from you? I mean, I know he's driving Paul's car, but is there times that you're like, hey, yeah. hey. <laughs> no, no, our deal's pretty unique. You know, um, obviously, started with LMR a couple yeah. years ago, and, and Justin this year decided to step away just to be a sponsor, and Kyle took the rein over, hired Paul as the GM, and um, Lee uh, Stoffer was with us last year and started the year with us and just recently um, stepped away from the team. And then Paul, uh, over the last couple of weeks, has had a lot more vital role, role in our team. He doesn't want, he doesn't want that role. <laughs> but like, you want it. <laughs> I want it. That's right. I, I actually enjoy um, racing with him. But So we, we put together the exact same package that him and Kyle raced, same cars, same shocks. We already had rider engines, so that part of it was an easy transition. But I have had to uh, retrain my brain to race with him because he does such unique things with the race cars, and they're always so tight. But mm. you have to learn to drive a car a car like that, and I haven't had to do that in the last several years. So we put the car together. <laughs> we raced the first night at Peevely. and I could tell he's pretty upset with me, and uh, he's chewing on me pretty good after the race. <laughs> And I said, well, it's good to see you haven't changed in the last eight years. <laughs> and the second night at Peevely, we actually got going pretty good. And, and um, I saw him crack a smile here and there. But I've enjoyed having Paul back around. I mean, he's had a little bit of um, say-so with our team uh, when Lee was around. But we had – everything was different. You know, our cars were different. Our shocks were different. So it wasn't like a phone call could really help yeah. us. And we kind of just struggled. We just – for some crazy reason, we went through a little patch there where we just weren't fast. Yeah. And um, so something needed to change. And so now I think that everything's the same. Um, I, I think 
going forward, um, I think it's going to be we're going to be okay. Yeah. Well, you guys have been pretty strong lately. Um, you know, we're we're here at in Knoxville. You've run top five here. Um, I remember interviewing Jason Johnson after he won. He said you gave him some helpful hints. Um, talk about uh, the Knoxville Nationals and what, what it would mean to get on the podium here. Oh, man. Or top step of the podium, I should say. Yeah, uh, it would mean a lot. You know, um, I think a lot, some, you know, for certain drivers, uh, the stars have to align, um, and they haven't quite aligned for me. I feel like I've come here over the last 10 years and had some really, really good fast race cars, but I've started too far back. Yeah. Or the years I've started too far, far, like towards the front, I've struggled in the feature and, and faded a little bit. Um, you know, and everybody knows, like, every year people and teams come to this track, it gets tougher and tougher and tougher. And I think this year is probably one of the toughest uh, Knoxville Nationals that I'm, I'm going to be involved in. Yeah. Just the level of competition is unbelievable. I tell people, you know, Racing the World of Outlaws this year, there's no free spots. Like, every car that we race yeah. with is fast. You know, where before you had a couple cars that you would look at and say, oh, yeah, okay, I can get by that guy in the heat race or maybe get by him and get myself in the dash. Well, it's not the case anymore. And so that level of, um, uh, you know, competition comes into this race and everybody puts new cars together and everybody yeah. has brand new engines. And um, But, you know... To win this race would, it would mean everything to me. Yeah. I feel like it would be the kind of the, the icing on the cake. Um, we've had some success here with the 360 and had some podium finishes with the 410, but to be on top uh, come Saturday would would mean a lot to me for sure. And everyone knows when you come to Knoxville now, you have to beat the 15 car. But your car owner in the 57 car is going to be pretty tough come Saturday night. What is it like driving for Kyle? He's one of the biggest names in motorsports right now. But not only driving for him, but you also race with him. What is that like? Good. Uh, he 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 makes you rise to the occasion every time you race with him. And, and we've had some really good battles. Um, uh, and uh, he he's actually really good at looking at things and and letting me know hey look you know you might think about doing this or that and you know and he's not very old and he doesn't have much experience in a sprint car which is very frustrating (laughs) (laughs) he makes it look so easy and it's not that easy it's not and uh, now that I have the same car and everything and the same mechanic you know the other night at Oskaloosa um, we start side by side and uh, in like four or five laps I can't even see him I'm like okay I'm driving around here. Now, what am I doing differently? Like, I got to start searching or changing my lines. And and uh, just the stuff that he does in a sprint car is unbelievable. But he does help me a lot. You know, now that we have dirt vision and he can watch some of the races, um, he's really good at restarts and knowing, you know, having your car pointed in the right direction and, you know, what the outlaws restarts are everything uh, yeah. some nights. So he helps me out with stuff like that. But... Anytime that I race with him, I, I'm definitely trying to beat him because it's bragging rights, right? So, <laughs> of course. Yeah. You know, one of the, the hardest parts of our sport, the darkest parts of our sport, um, are the tragedies. And a few weeks back, you unfortunately lost a, a close friend and a competitor. Talk about um, what it's like coming back from that and getting back in the car. And, um, you know, did it ever get in your mind that it's not what you want to do? Like, just talk about as a driver how it is to get through that. Yeah, I don't. Like, I haven't ever questioned that part of it. I mean, every you know everybody knows that Jason wouldn't want us to stop yeah. doing what we're doing. 
Um, I don't think it, you don't ever stop thinking about it. It's still a pretty um, open wound. Yeah. Um, our families were really close. Um, but, uh, you know, I think some of the biggest things that's going to come out of this is safety. You know, we've, yeah. the, the outlaw guys have kind of gotten together now and we go to the tracks that we've been to and we take pictures and, and report back to some of the other drivers oh, wow. and, and they're now reporting back to the outlaw officials and, and we're, I think we're going to see uh, a lot of improvements at some of the racetracks we go to and, and it's about time. Um, yeah. You know, there was some things that happened that night that was meant to be for some crazy reason, but some of the safety things that we are now looking at at some of the tracks we go to, um, they need to be held accountable. Yeah. You know, I mean, they, they've made our seats stronger and they've made our cars as safe as they can be. You know, I think it's time for some of the tracks to step up and start doing the same thing. And I think that's going to be one of the biggest things that's come out of, uh, you know, Jason's tragedy is uh, we're going to see a big safety movement. And, and you know, it's going to be great for everybody. It's going to be better for the local racers. Yeah. And, um, you know, and it's not, it's little things, you know, like, you know, cutting off poles and, and putting yeah. tires at the end of concrete walls. It's, it's you know, stuff that doesn't, it's not going to cost the tracks a lot of money to do, but it needs to be done. Yeah. So um, I think that that's going to be uh, one of the, the biggest things that comes out of this. Is that something that you hope the, the World of Outlaws will you know, make sure racetrack do? Is there going to be some standards? Is that, is that the hope? Yeah, that's the hope. Yeah. Uh, and, I, you know, at the end of the day, they, they, they've been really receptive um, in what we've approached them with. Um, and uh, I, th I think it's going to be good. I think it's for the future of this, this sport. Uh, it needs to start happening. So. Yeah, absolutely. And lastly, before we let you get out of here, um, you mentioned family. You travel a lot on the road with your wife and your daughter now. What is it like to have a child at the racetrack with you? How has she changed your life? And what is it like living in the motorhome with the, with the gang? Crazy. <laughs> yeah. That's the biggest word I can, that's the only way I can explain it. It's crazy. Um, so she's three and some change. Yeah. And uh, it's... Uh, and I'm, I'm there too. I'm oh at three. Oh my gosh. And she's just going through this little stage now where uh, we can't do anything right. Yep. Mm -hmm. Everything's no... I got this. Yep. I got this. <laughs> we then, are there. <laughs> and then two seconds later, we're mad because we don't have this. And I'm like, well, can I help you? No, no. But uh, it's been fun. So it's expensive traveling up and down the road with a motorhome. Yeah. Uh, and a lot of work. It's a lot of work. Yeah, it is a lot of work. But I wouldn't trade it for nothing. Yeah. Uh, because I just, you know, when when Nixon was born, I told Jen, like, you know, let's try to, you know, if we're going to be on the outlaw tour, let's get a motor home. And I don't want to be away from you guys. Yeah. You know, I see, you know, my friends like Joey and them struggle really bad with, you know, being around their families. And, and uh, his kids are a little older, so it's a little tougher on him. But. You know, I didn't want to miss out on, on yep. the early stages of Nixon's life. So uh, it's it's been enjoyable, um, <laughs> but it's entertaining. <laughs> we watch a lot of Disney movies going yeah. down the road. Uh, I know Frozen songs backwards. Elsa <laughs> uh, uh, and Anna is our best friends, and, yeah, and yeah. life's good. Life's Catch good. yourself singing it like, oh, yeah, randomly. in the shower. And just like, yeah, yeah no, it's, good. it's good. Awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. No problem. We're always driving to dance lessons. So we signed up for Know Your Drive. We save money and get closer to her dancing dreams. 
The daring young man on the flying trapeze. Or maybe her singing dreams. Sign up for Know Your Drive and save up to 20%. American Family Insurance. Insure carefully, dream fearlessly. Products not available in every state. Discount terms apply. Visit amfam.com slash knowyourdrive for details. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. Ruoff Mortgage wants to welcome you home with their fast and stress-free mortgage process. Ruoff knows that when you're ready to move, you want to keep things moving. From the moment you start, Ruoff makes sure the process moves quickly, often twice as fast as other lenders, so you can close quickly and settle in sooner. Visit Ruoff.com to learn how you can qualify for the fastest loan of your life. That's Ruoff, R-U-O-F-F.com. 